All right, I I hit record this time. You hit record, excellent. I did it. And if anything goes wrong, I'll do it again. So I think today is going to be a triple cold open. Oh, okay. Hitting hitting record is our first. (laughs) Talking about hitting record. Yeah, last podcast, my computer crashed in the middle of it, and then I didn't hit record for the second part. And luckily, our backup recordings hit most of it, but I had to I had to re-record a section, and that was very awkward for two reasons. One, <laughs> I have to banter with you a second time to things that you've already said, <laughs> banter with your ghost. Second is how often... Despite myself not, you know, remembering what I said the first time, I'm pretty sure, like, as I was saying it, I remembered, oh, yeah, I said this exact same thing at the exact same time in the exact same way in the original recording. What, like, I've never felt more like a video game NPC. (laughs) Yeah, that checks out. (laughs) That's funny. It's also like... That's how you know that you're giving like genuine reactions to things. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. When I'm on road trips, I listen to our podcasts to just kind of like yeah. recap and have fun. And the thoughts that cross my mind in reaction to <laughs> you hear yourself saying the exact same thing. Or, yeah. And then like in my head, I get this thought in my mind. I'm like, that would be funny that blah, 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 blah. And then on the pod, I'm like, oh, be dude, it'd be so funny if blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> well. Good okay. on me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no lost uh, dialogue there in we this go. situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that was cold one. Yeah. Uh, sorry, a little mm-hmm. bit more. No. Okay, never mind then. No, no, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were shutting me down. And I was like, no. Right. Just every, every podcast that I've ever heard of, ever listened to, has lost at least one entire episode to forgetting to record. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm glad we finally got our recording disaster out of the way and we can, we can move on from there. In our second it, year. It wasn't it, in our second year. My God, this is episode 50, dude. Oh, my gosh. I know. Wow, look at us. Look at us. Dude, outside of like actual scheduled things, is there Uh anything we've done this consistently on a weekly basis other than game night? (laughs) Game night or like when we were kids and we just happened to have a sleepover like every Saturday night for 13 years. We're we're staying at each other's place. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Yeah, that's, that's it. But yeah, shout out to our incredible editor, Nipuna, for salvaging that episode, piecing everything back Perfect together. Perfect segue for cold number two. There we go. We've given Nips too much power. <laughs> <laughs> the troll. You're, you're, you're talking about the troll. Yeah, the end troll. How dare you? Everybody is funny, though, is like, that's the shit that you love to see, especially in like YouTube compilation videos and stuff right. or whatever. Just at the end, they have a like reclip of something random and funny that happened. Totally. But like rude, 
Rude that I was the first. It should have been you. <laughs> no, that's the second time it happened to you. He also got you with the uh, God. I don't remember what it was. Oh, the the Black Fury rant. But yeah, he put that in the end credits one time too. Well, you know, Black Fury shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> Except Damn for it. your own fury as a black man. My own over black my fury. Own yeah. Black dynamite fury <laughs> is separate from the black fury. I just it's, think I of that scene of from Chasing Amy every single time. Like expect you to kick down a podium and shout black rage and and shoot, <laughs> well, me probably. Well, like I'm never I'm never gonna call him Nick Fury Jr. Right. But especially now that Nick or Nick Sr. is Uatu's agent or, or Harold, uh-huh. basically. Right. Like, he's an active member now right, of right. the 616. Right. Again, yeah. And having two Spider-Men is one thing. Mm-hmm. Having two Nick Furies <laughs> is a whole other. <laughs> that, those aren't titles. <laughs> right. You don't just pass that around. Right. Because, yeah, you don't. You don't have like regularly published books to to keep this continuity thing straight. But further cementing my point that there can be more than one Miles Morales in the world and it's not a plot point. <laughs> right. Like it's totally fine. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, yeah. My third cold, cold. open number three. Yeah. I've been looking at my go-to bookshelf, the one that I keep all the like the best stories. Sure, the recommendations for yeah for other people. The yeah. recommendation shelf. And as time has passed, mm-hmm. I feel like some books don't cycle out. Deserve to be there. Yeah, totally. And that's okay, right? That's totally okay. Yeah. I really just need someone else to tell me it's okay. Because mm-hmm. I feel weird dropping them. Perfectly fine. Yeah. Like when I first read them, I felt Avengers Arena deserved to be on the recommendation shelf. Mm, mm-hmm. I no longer feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple other titles up there. Like, I don't think New Avengers really needs to be there. The not Hickman's hmm, New Avengers. The first New Avenger run. The first yeah, New Avengers Bendis. run with uh, Bendis. Yeah. That was a really that was a good run. It distilled a lot of things down. Like I could see. That's one of the things I could see, like, recommending to an MCU fan. Just being like, if you're new to comic books and you just want to see a bunch of characters who you know, like, kicking ass without the need for a whole lot of, like, plot lines branching in from other places, like, this pretty well self-contained, I can I could start you there and you would have a good time. But I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mighty Avengers doesn't belong there. No. Mighty Avengers is... Norman Osborn's Avengers when he inherited S.H.I.E.L.D. after a secret invasion. I thought it was first Tony Stark's Avengers when they split for Civil War. But yes, I see where you're going. Also that. (laughs) My God. Because I was just thinking Mighty Avengers, Ares. Mm -hmm. And Ares was on both of those Avengers Mm -hmm. teams. So was Sentry. Yeah. But anyway, so... Anyway. Like, I was... Putting Zdarsky's Daredevil up there mm-hmm. and Black Cat's run over there. And I'm running out of space because mm. I've got like 20 years worth of comics to like recommend up there. This has always been the difficulty for you 
is yeah. <laughs> curation. And so I'm like, okay, maybe I take a couple of books down. And then I'm looking and I see Avengers Arena up there and I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but it could just be time. Like, I haven't read it in like... Which also makes sense. Ever. Like, if it didn't stick with you to... Like, if it didn't organically mm-hmm. stand the test of time just by... Yeah, sticking with you, then yeah. Yeah, and then uh, what's another one that doesn't feel like it belongs up there anymore? Oh, was it Greg Pak's run on Incredible Hulk? Mm -hmm. Where they introduced like the Intelligentsia and Red Hulk and Red She-Hulk. Sure. They're big introductions. And it's also where I really got to know Amadeus Cho as a character. And like, it's cool... But I don't know if it's at the same caliber as like the Hickman books, the Dan Slott books. Like, ah. that's fine. Yeah. Be ruthless. Especially if you were to choose only one Hulk run. If someone was like, hey, I really like Hulk, give me a a Hulk book. Yeah. You would go Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Ergo, it makes sense to cycle. It's like a replacement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like replacing cards in a commander deck. It's like, well, yeah. I need something for this slot. And this is just, this does the job better than that. Truth. Okay. I feel better <laughs> about this. <laughs> Anytime. Man. Yeah. Shall we intro? <laughs> let's, let's start the show. <laughs> This is Hype is My Superpower. My name is Steve Storman, here recording with my co-host and good buddy William Freeland. Oh, government name today. (laughs) Remember when we both refused to go by anything less than our full first names? You were not Will. Yeah. You were William. I was William. And I was Stephen. Now... You, my dad, and my grandpa are the only people who call me Steven. That checks out. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, because of our own social history, me being one of the only ones that calling me Steven, but <laughs> yeah, previous generations typically are the only ones that use full names. For sure. I remember when I met my first Garrett. Oh, weird. That really threw me off. I was like, that's supposed to be a middle name. <laughs> what is happening? We do we do both have extremely middle name middle names. Yeah, we do. So does my wife. Yeah. My name's Marie. It is Oh, that is top three white girl middle names. Rachel's ever. got another one of the top three white girl middle names ever, which is Anne. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> so there we oh, go. No. That's hilarious. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Look at us. <sighs> basic middle names. Yeah. Well, how was how how was your week? It was uh, great. Socially and comically. Yeah. Rachel and I had our anniversary road trip. Every year we get on the road, drive, no destination in mind, just kind of pick a direction and, and see what's out there. It's just incredible every year. It's so much fun. It's just really nice to be out and out of the city and see new things. And, you know, we eat diner food and stay at shitty motels and find roadside attractions. And we just 
both very good at keeping ourselves entertained by really mundane shit. <laughs> and so it it really, really works well for both of us. That's awesome. Yeah. Glad you had a good time, man. Yeah. How about you? What's your week been like? I bought my tickets to yes. come say what's up in April. In New York. In New York. Oh, I'm so excited. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Get you here for a whole week. Tickets are surprisingly affordable right now. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah. I was expecting to spend like 500 bucks. Mm. It was definitely like 360 Okay. Hence the random Tuesday to Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. And you're supposed to like a Saturday. You're Saturday flying from Santa Barbara? Uh, yeah. I am flying out of Santa Barbara. Yeah. And back home to Santa Barbara. That's, yeah. So that's exciting. That is exciting. Other than that, oh, tomorrow I get, uh, so we're recording late, but tomorrow our Friday, my Friday, and I get my bonus from the bank oh, for my yeah. day job nice. tomorrow. So that'll be fun. <laughs> have it's you mentally much all have, going? I was going to say, cards. have you mentally spent it all already? But going to credit cards makes sense. Yeah. In another life, it would be going to Lego sets because <laughs> some really good ones came out this month, last month, and will be coming out in May. Okay. Well, you know, we're going to be hitting up the Lego store when you're in New York. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) You just made a face, my friend. You just made a face. Oh, geez. Okay, so I need to budget (laughs) for getting a box at Mm -hmm. UPS and Mm -hmm. sending it to myself. Mm -hmm. I'll just make the return trip easier. It is known. Yeah. I should do that. It's all in the U.S. It's going to be like 70 bucks, but it's going to be just peace of mind. Sure. <laughs> Send back most of my like luggage and shit. Sure. I can also ship things, whatever. Like we don't need to worry about it beforehand. Yeah. Well, yeah. What you what did you read this week? I read a lot because I had time. That's right. Are you gonna do it all for, for this pod or are you gonna save some for next? Thought crossed my mind to save I might save the last book. Okay. And then that'll give me a little bit. More leeway for next for next episode. So I've got four books then. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. One, the first one was Miles Morales Spider-Man. Yes. Clone Sagas, volume five. Right. Which somehow I have lost. <laughs> but I can tell you the takeaways. It's easy enough. More stuff happens in these other books. So I also read Daredevil, Zadarsky's Daredevil, Volume Six called Doing Time. We've got Captain Marvel Volume 6, Strange Magic. I didn't like it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then I've got Volume 6 again of Runaways by Rainbow Rowell. Mm -hmm. Issues 32 through 38. And I mostly like it. Okay, cool. It's definitely kind of interesting. Also... This glow up on Gert. Gert's looking good on that cover. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She stepped her game up. Anyway, <laughs> but we'll talk about that when we get there. So anyway. Oh, what did you read, by the way? Yeah. Did you have time to read? I did. I read some uh, some X-Men, an arc there. I read a two-issue miniseries called X-Men and Alpha Flight. I read a longer arc on Wolverine. And that's all I was able to get to. Cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, the adjectiveless X-Men. Yes, adjectiveless. Excellent. Uh, X. Anyway, <laughs> so real quick about Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Clone saga. So you're like, oh, joy, clones. Yeah, we were talking about this before we started recording. Uh, I brought up the point that, like, really the thing that it bugs me the most is that Marvel can't stop picking at storylines that failed the first time. You know, like, on they brought back Onslaught a few years ago. They're doing Clone Saga, but with Miles, they they brought back they did um, another event called Heroes Reborn, etc. And mm-hmm. it's like, is it just because these all these things happened? when we were young and now they've aged into prime nostalgia range to to reboot anyway (laughs) i mean it's it's a solid question yeah (laughs) (laughs) because i can't argue a justification for telling this story oh no Other other than they introduced well three new characters but two died so okay we have one more new character in 616. Sure. Now, this is all going from memory, but we have a few scenes of Miles. Miles is hanging out with Starling, who is basically Vulture. She is, she's actually Adrian Toomes's granddaughter. Oh, okay. But she's black. Sure. So I guess she's three quarters black. <laughs> sure. Because she's she's very African-American presenting as, I think, the PC ways to reference this. Sure. And she's trying to be a superhero, trying to, like, take the tomb's legacy back, okay. for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, yeah. So she has been introduced as a supporting character in Miles' stories over the last couple volumes. She has wanted to be a solo act, and Miles is like, let's fight crime together and then she finally like broke down was like okay let's you know let's try this and so she's kind of being like the falcon to his cap Mm -hmm. and they have a sort of budding romance going on they just introduce themselves without their masks like starling has like a oh god (laughs) That old school anime that was like Speed Racer animation, but it was like the five bird people, like the bird superhero people. They dress up as as birds. Oh, God. Wait, this sounds really familiar. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like G-Force 5, I think. The, yeah, 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 yeah. But you can you picture the guy in the white with yes. the helmet and then the mm-hmm. beak visor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she has a beak visor. Is okay. the entire point of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she's got a yellow beak visor and she's got red feathers. She's, she's got a red and white motif. Okay. Much, very much like Falcon. Yeah. But she's startling. And so she takes that off. Miles takes his mask off. They introduce each other by their real names. And she's like, I knew you were cute under the mask, which is like, the go-to response for freaking spider people. Yeah. Like, we need somebody somewhere. I guess spider punk isn't that attractive. But, like, <laughs> I don't know what it is with... I mean, it's popularity. But I don't know what it is with getting the spider bite and just being attractive. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-huh. they updated Gwen Stacy 
to like a more modern attractiveness for Ghost Spider. Like she was very much the like schoolgirl next door and 616. But mm-hmm. with this Earth 65, Gwen, she's like 21st century girl next door. Okay. Look now. Miles Morales is just an attractive fit black man. Well, black Latino man. Yeah. And Peter Parker has just been classically attractive as an adult, even though he was just like spectacled, super mm-hmm. nerd sweater vest in yeah. high school and college. Yeah, yeah. But whatever. <laughs> no, popularity will do that. <laughs> when you are like the flagship character of Marvel. <laughs> right. It's going to happen. Not going to be writing Fine. about no uglies over here. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. So that was a little side thing that they're sort of becoming a thing which could end up being bad because he has this like will they won't they thing with Miss Marvel in like all of their team ups mm-hmm. but never in the Miles Morales book or the Miss Marvel book so you know whatever okay <laughs> it's just like it's because they're teenagers and they're under 18 they're not hooking up huh but it's very much that trope that I hate of like, oh, hey, male superhero and female superhero team up. They're going to hook up at the end of the issue type uh-huh. thing a lot. That's very obnoxious. <laughs> but so this like awkward tension between the two of them. And I'm just not here for it. Anyway, sure. <laughs> Clone Saga. Clone Saga. So after this ultimatum business... The company that he was working, that he owned, the ultimatum guy, the 616 Miles Morales, right. was looking into cloning stuff. They made clones of Miles, and they are relatively unstable in terms of the fact that... Think like when Kane and Ben Riley got first got introduced, they were successful clones, but they had... A half-life, basically. Hmm. And so we have these three clones as that are the only ones that have survived the explosion type thing. But they all have, like, enhancements okay. and changes. Hmm. The quote-unquote leader is, like, Maz Morales, taller and skinnier, and then he has, like, blades. So he's, like, your typical agile assassin type. Okay. We have this other guy... I forget his name, but this other one's name is Shift. Okay. And he is kind of a clayface Miles Morales. Hmm. Okay. He can get bigger and he's just he doesn't hold his shape. He's just like a big amorphous Miles Morales clone blob. Hmm. And then the last one is his name is like Mind Invader or Mind Scream or something weird. But <laughs> okay. he is more spider in terms of he's got like super long legs he's got eight legs okay and he has these like mind screen powers he's like a psychic ability Hmm. thing going on okay anyway leader of the pack is getting more and more ruthless being more and more willing to kill people to get all the pieces they need in order to stabilize their clone bodies Okay. Miles convinces Shift that knifey guy is in the wrong. 
Mm-hmm. And so the, he has a change of heart. And then Mind Screamer has a change of heart at the last second. And then Knife <laughs> Stabby and Mind Scream die <laughs> in an explosion type thing. Yeah. Shift survives. And Miles says, well, Knifey Stabby <laughs> was able to figure this out. He's a yeah. clone of me. I should be able to figure this out too. Okay. So I got you, Shift. <laughs> and the kind of and it just ends with that. Okay. And he like Shift can't talk. Like he just mm. makes <laughs> noises. And so I don't know how long he's really gonna last. <laughs> he's not a compelling character. He's very reminiscent of like Hodor. Okay. From Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Like loyal to whoever he loves. Right. Very strong, useful for single type situations, but big picture, I don't see him surviving long. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, again, nothing mind blowing about this book. As I said last episode, probably should have ended it after Ultimatum. <laughs> but you know, now we have Shift hanging out in 616. <laughs> sure. Big picture shit. Yeah. So that's that. Anyway, sure. Moving on. Daredevil. Yeah. So this volume is called Doing Time. This is canonically the first time that Daredevil has been in jail. At the end of Bendis's Daredevil run, Matt Murdock was in jail. Yeah. So Matt Murdock had to live this, like, make sure I'm blind, but don't get beat. Yeah. Like, because there's cameras everywhere. And so mm. he has to act like he doesn't have his radar sense kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Whereas this one, Daredevil gets tried for accidentally killing that one guy. Yeah. At the beginning of Zdarsky's run. Yep. And he gets sentenced to two years in jail. Okay. And he's very Which, mindset. In Marvel time, that could be decades. <laughs> yeah could be decades could be five issues <laughs> so he's dead set on making sure that he stays the full two years yeah but like some of the other inmates are like you're an idiot like there's mm-hmm. no way you're gonna be forced to stay here right like you're not serving your full term he gets called up by this like big black bruno type guy okay just being like dude you're you're delirious. Delusional, <laughs> sorry. But the first issue of Daredevil in Jail is the King and Black crossover. Okay. And so symbiote, symbiotes invade the jail. Matt gets a symbiote. And he fights the control of Null hmm. for whatever reason. And, Null, hmm. and so there's this kind of... He uses this opportunity to dive into like the spirit of Matt and they like keep on pulling on his Christian faith and Mm -hmm. his like redemption arc. And like, that's kind of the reason of how he broke Noel's control. I don't know. It's sure. (laughs) Comic booky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that was quick and easy on the, Outside, Electra. So Electra, if you remember, <laughs> bought 90% of Hell's Kitchen. That's right. So she is yeah. the landlord of Hell's Kitchen yep. and she is acting Daredevil. Yes. While Matt's in jail. 
So she has these like really not pointy size. <laughs> Just like, okay. They're much more blunt. Yeah. And to, in order to be not lethal when she's, so, as she's doing the daredevil thing. I realize that now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Because she struggles with this whole, that's not what Matt would do. Yeah. I need to pull my punches. I need to not kill. As long as I'm Daredevil, I will do this Matt's way. Mm-hmm. But her size also, are you, are you familiar with fucking Daredevil's little batons and he shoots them? Oh, uh, yeah. It's like a little like, mm-hmm. his, that's how he like web swings basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, her size do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she like went and got <laughs> brand new size. Sure. <laughs> for this new gig. But whatever, you know. Yeah, why not? Sure. <laughs> yeah, so Typhoid Mary gets a symbiote oh in the King and Black crossover. Oh, no. Which That's no good. Throws her for a loop because, as has been referenced in previous volumes, she finally found balance within herself, mm-hmm. within her two halves. Mm-hmm. I guess, she, so in this, they say she's only got two voices. Okay. Two two Marys. But mm. I've always under the impression that three. there was three. Yeah. Like one was the timid one, one was the serial killer, and one's the pyrokinetic. Yeah. But whatever. It's not yeah. the biggest deal. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she, she she's talking about how she finally found balance and then Noel's extra voice in her mind threw everything off. Mm. And so at the end of that possession... She ends up in the hospital for a couple weeks. And there's this really random, really out of character, borderline romantic dedication from (laughs) Fisk towards Mary. Huh. So as what's been referenced, Fisk put Mary in that church Mm -hmm. where we found her in the battle for Hell's Kitchen. Right. To get her help. Yeah. And then... In the Battle for Hell's Kitchen, no, sorry, in King and Black, one both, she <laughs> defended Fisk. Like she's kind of his right hand girl. Okay. Where people typically would think Bullseye is. Right. Yeah. And then she full on sacrifices herself in King and Black, ends up with the symbiote and runs away. And for like two issues, you've got Fisk behind closed doors with Wesley talking about. Mary sacrificed herself for me. We have to do everything we can to mm-hmm. help Mary's recovery and this, that, and the other. It was just odd. And then, like, he's the for, <laughs> he's the mayor of New York. Yes, he is the kingpin of crime. Even though he's got Izzy as his proxy, mm-hmm. she's the kingpin of Hell's Kitchen. Well, the attempting kingpin of Hell's sure. Kitchen, and he's just hanging out in. Mary's hospital room, just like waiting for her to wake up. Okay. And it's just like, you know, yeah. Mayors don't do that without way too much yeah. press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. Yep. Especially of New York. But totally. Whatever. So those that happened. Electra's approach of being Daredevil is collecting payments from the gangs mm-hmm. and using those payments to give back again to the people 
that they were extorting for protection. Okay. She takes on a young ward whose mother was killed, I think, in the Battle of New York. Or maybe King and Black. Mm-hmm. Battle of New York. Battle of Hell's Kitchen. Right. She takes her on, lets her stay with her, and she wants to kind of do what Electra does. And so she's, like, training her how to fight and sure. stuff like that. Mike Murdoch is going around pretending to be Matt Murdoch, while, sure. as was the agreement, while Daredevil's in jail. Yeah. And there's a scene of him going back and meeting up with Butch, who is Kingpin's son, and not the Rose, who's the son that got brought back in oh, Spider-Man. Okay. Huh. Two sons. So we've got two King Punza, Kingpin sons. <laughs> <laughs> King puns. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they are getting ready to make their moves, whatever those moves are. Daredevil is dealing with Daredevil shit because he represents the superhero community and all the thugs in the jail are pissed. And so they're trying to like fuck with him. On top of that, the warden of the jail, okay. his brother got put away by Daredevil. Hmm. No. Oh, shoot. It was his brother... His brother got beat up by Spider-Man and Matt Murdock put him in jail. No. <laughs> Daredevil messed with the with the warden's brother. There's another guy in here who is broken and weak and mm. he's trying to be Daredevil's friend and Daredevil remembers him and then internally he goes over Okay, yeah, I didn't fight him. Spider-Man did, but Matt Murdock put him in jail. Prosecuted okay. him. Sure. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. Just another guy that we met. He seems like a throwaway character. <laughs> Matt Murdock gets stabbed in a brawl. Everyone who is by his side goes and visits him in the hospital. Everyone outside of Daredevil's giving him shit for doing this whole approach. Okay. It's very self-serving. Sure, yeah. Nobody blames him for the cold way of saying it is collateral damage. Right. But like... He holds himself. He's the only one that's dragged... Yeah. He's the only one dragging him through the mud on this. Mm -hmm. The warden hates him. (laughs) Detective Cole and Kirsten McDuffie and Foggy Nelson are all like, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. You know, Hell's Kitchen, if nothing else, needs you. Right. Like, the fuck, man? <laughs> that's that's a cool dynamic. It's very interesting. to Just to, to put him in that position, to put, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so, the final pages of the last issue of the volume have Fisk inviting Mary over for dinner. Huh. And Mary's like, okay, this is weird, We've heard each other in the past mm-hmm. as Typhoid Mary versus Kingpin. I right. don't have those books, but whatever. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we have, but we've saved each other as well. You saved my life, Mary, and I don't expect you to forget the horrible things I've done to you over the years, but I'm hoping we can forgive each other and talk of the future. Huh. That's like, Weird. Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this is Fisk 
actually falling for Mary or yeah. this is going to be like a play of his. Right. But that's the last time we see that whole conversation going. Interesting. Okay. Electra and the girl go to this club to talk to... Actually, is this Butch? I think it is Butch. Yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> so Butch is working for Izzy now and okay. has made his way to be like her confidant because her firstborn son and husband have been killed by being involved with all this New York gang sh- shit. Yeah. So she is taking her other son out of the biz. Okay. And Butch has made himself incredibly useful. So he is kind of her right-hand man now. Okay. Butch rented out a warehouse to throw a like rave mm-hmm. and is controlling all the drugs there. And so he's just making all this, all kinds of money here and there. Electra shows up to talk to him about what he's doing and telling him that uh, he needs to do this somewhere else. He pulls in his hired muscle. They have it out. Some bodyguard messes the little girl kid up. She's in over her head. She's too mm-hmm. weak. She takes, she has a staff. She tries to attack this bodyguard guy. Just yeah. Joe Schmoe bodyguard. Yeah, he catches yeah. the fucking staff. Oh, God. And just backhands the crap out of her. She oh, gets no. knocked out, basically. Yeah. Electra is trying to not kill this guard, this like hired muscle guy. And in doing so, he gets the upper hand. Mm-hmm. And then you see a little girl freak out. Crack the guy in the back of his head with the <laughs> staff, picks up a gun and shoots the hired muscle. Oh, shit. Okay. So she has like a mental break and passes out. Her yeah. name's Alice. I don't think okay. it's that important. Electra's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, you know, what have I brought her into? This may have been a mistake. And then you look back at the hired muscle. He's wearing a, he's wearing a, like a Jason mask. Okay. And he has glowing red eyes. He's big and he has a sword. It's, okay. No name. (laughs) But anyway, he dies. And then he fades away into green gas. And Electra's like, ah, geez, hand. Yeah. So Butch is involved with the hand. Okay. Hiring them out at least. Yeah. And then the last thing, Bullseye is alive. Okay. So after the battle for Hell's Kitchen, he got messed up and got taken away by some doctors under Kingpin's employ. And he was like suspended and they're running tests on him or something. Huh. I don't know what they were doing with him, but uh, he got out. Oh boy. Killed all the doctors, calls Fisk. And he's like, hi Fisk. Remember me? I couldn't even tell you why <laughs> Bullseye is pissed at Fisk. <laughs> Maybe I need to go back and read volume four again, but I don't feel like uh-huh. I don't feel like Bullseye has a reason to be angry at Fisk and want to like take him out. Okay. But he's ready to. Sure. And that's the end of that. Okay. So next volume is gonna be more Electra consoling Alice, Daredevil in jail still, mm-hmm. and maybe more of this Fisk Mary shit. <laughs> and then Bullseye going after Fisk. Okay. I'll see what the fuck happens. <laughs> All right. Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. Strange Magic. 
Yes. It's four issues. Okay. That's short. It's not great. Okay. <laughs> Why was it not great? Why was it not great? I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. So she broke up with Rhodey at the end of the last volume. Sure. Right. Because yep. she got shunted into the 50 years in the future. She meets Rhodey's daughter. It's not hers. Right. And okay. So, yes. Because she's such an now. amazing woman, she yeah. can't keep Rhodey down from potentially yeah. having this daughter in this potential future. And it just, it shook her so much that she has to go back and break up with Rhodey. Yep. Now, she broke up with Rhodey. And now she's like hermited her hermited herself. Mm-hmm. She's just like cooped up in her apartment. Nobody's seen her for days. Yeah. Jessica Drew shows up and is like, we need to deal with this. We need to deal yeah. with you. We need to get you outside. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. And I love their banter. However, comma, yes. this, there's no way, there's no way that this is happening at the same at, time as around like King the and same Black. time as the Jessica Drew shit. Oh, that too. Yeah. Like that's just always Carol was doing the same. I know. And again, it's using the cameo of a character for for what the story needs. Moving the title character through. Yeah. And that's fine. But like it's (laughs) Carol and Jessica have such a well-established like sister man's that like they're (laughs) they're besties. Yeah. And Jessica's going through her shit in her title. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, Carol's going through her shit in her title. And they're cameo. Jessica's able to, to be the be... rock for the other. Yeah, yeah. It's like a <laughs> but I honestly, can kind of see that. It's easier to like be there for somebody else than to deal with your own shit a lot of the time. It is, but <laughs> yeah. If you've been cooped up in your room in your apartment, you're clearly for a not week, doing that. Yeah, you are not going. Yeah, and trying to stop an angry, hulked out Jessica Drew <laughs> from overdosing on her own drug. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's it's not that big a deal. It's just a thing. So yeah. anyway, Jessica convinces her to go outside, and they go and punch some snake cat. Aliens being ridden by hot wizards <laughs> that shoot smelly acid out of their butts <laughs> in Central Park. Okay. Yes, this is a thing. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Sure. <laughs> she says, I need your help in the park. No, you didn't let me finish. What if I told you that these things in the park are like if giant cats merge with angry snakes and are ridden by sexy wizards? <laughs> They'll leave out the part about the acid. Oh yeah, they're all they're also shooting acid all over everything. <laughs> so they're called snats. Okay. <laughs> and they hail from another dimension. Sure. There you go. There you go. So Carol goes on a punching all the bad people binge yeah. for about a week. And then Jessica Drew's like, okay, enough of the punching. We need to do the other half. So she calls. Jennifer Takeda, Hazmat, and Monica Rambeau, Spectrum. Okay. And the four of them need to go out and get some drinks. Yeah. Jessica forces Carol to put on a dress, and (laughs) Hazmat's like, holy crap, you have such great legs. 
I've never seen your bare legs before <laughs> in real life because you used to fight crime in like a bathing suit. Right. But I never saw it in person. <laughs> Throwing back to her like Miss Marvel costume. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Lori L shows up, who is her half sister, Cree Supremer, who mm. is currently uh, the like left hand maiden for Emperor Dorek. Okay. <laughs> well, Hulkling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they sign Carol up for speed dating. <laughs> it goes okay. about as well as you would expect. Yeah. <laughs> it gets bro- it gets broken up by the snaps trying to get revenge. Uh, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then Carol ends the night going to a bar where nobody knows her. She just has a couple of drinks. Well, sorry. Mm-hmm. She has a history of alcoholism. Right. Uh, just as Tony does. And yeah. so she's staring at this bottle of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then look who shows up, but Dr. Strange. Huh. Stephen Strange shows up and he's just like, what are you doing here? And she's like, probably the same reason you're here. You want somewhere where nobody knows who you are, right? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he offers her a drink and then he's like, oh shit, that was probably the worst decision ever. So he magics it into seltzer. <laughs> and then she's like, you just made my $50 bottle of scotch into seltzer. How dare you? <laughs> anyway, they hang out, have some seltzers, hang out through the rest of the night. And then guess what happened? They hook up. They did. Interesting. Okay. Like, it just, yeah. I don't hate it on principle. I don't hate there, There's a small community of superheroes and they're all hot. What are you supposed to do? In, <laughs> yeah i just i would also not be surprised if like in my head canon carol is maybe older than stephen strange yeah maybe i mean she's had so many careers she was a full-on colonel or some wait no she was a major she was high-ranking mm-hmm. military officer in, in some capacity uh-huh. all the way bef- in what the 70s you know, so she, I don't know. I, I, I had to can, you know, you can get fudge some appearance things with Cree, whatever, but I had canon her to at least be like 45, 50. I could see it. I don't know if I would go as far as 50, but mm-hmm. I could see like 43, 44. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if we're real honest. Yeah. You see my dog in the background cleaning I herself. I do see. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Cricket, you're Good on girl. camera. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. After this one night stand fling. Well, it's not one night stand because they hook up again in the morning. Sure. <laughs> Is that the criteria? <laughs> sure. Well, it's not. It's yeah. no longer just the one night. They say the but night. Anyway, yeah. She wants to deal with Ove, who okay. is the son of Namor and Enchantress, who is the reason why... In the future, all these people are dead and freedom fighters, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So she wants to stop that reality from happening. Also, Ove came back in time with her. So Ove is running around current 616. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was Atlantean and Asgardian magic based. Mm-hmm. And so she wants to use magic to try to find him and fight him. Okay. Because apparently she is weak to magic. Sure. It's relatively weak to magic. Yeah. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but whatever. So 
Jessica tells her, well, let's just go to Dr. Strange. And Carol's like, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, awkward. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they go and she tells Strange the whole situation. And Strange basically says, that's probably not going to happen. Like, mm. basically, she wants to either learn magic, which takes decades. Right. Or she wants something that will make her like impervious to magic. Right. Resistant to magic. Yeah. And strange says, that's probably a bad idea because everyone should have a weakness. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just, it's like the Batman justice league approach. Sure. And she's like, why? And he's like, he kisses her. He's like, because I said so. Okay. So anyway, he denies her. So she goes around to other members of the magic community mm-hmm. and asks them. And they're all like, listen, Strange already reached out. That's a no. <laughs> oh. She goes Yikes. magic. She reaches out to Wiccan. Okay. She asks Dr. Voodoo. Okay. She asks Nico Minoru. They're uh, really Sigrin. covering all the bases. Yeah. She asks Talisman from Al- from Alpha Flight. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. She even asks Scarlet Witch. <laughs> the only one who really entertains the full conversation is Scarlet, is Wanda. Mm. And she's like, listen, I don't do what Doctor Strange tells me, but I do agree with him. It's not a good path for you, Carol. Take it from someone who knows darkness clouds that path. So. Okay. <sighs> Carol... Having run out of options, goes to Enchantress. Oh. And tells her an omitted version of the story. Basically not telling her that it's her son. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that she's trying to, like, beat. Yeah. Enchantress is basically like, why would I help you? And she's like, because Strange doesn't want you to. And she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well. <laughs> anyway, so Enchantress being the Asgardian knows of this thing that she should be able to use. It is an orb, and it's Atlantean-based for whatever reason. Okay. It's an orb that, if ingested, renders the person completely magicless or, like, impervious to magic. Yeah. Magic can't do anything to them. Sure. So, you know, they spend, like, an issue and a half going getting that orb mm-hmm. getting out semi-betrayal but not <laughs> yeah while enchantress is making the liquid that she's going to ingest mm-hmm. she does a little telepathy and, and listens to carol's inner thoughts finds out that the person she's trying to stop is her future son yeah so she gets pissed and then enchantress reaches out to ove and so ove shows up which Carol can do nothing against because he is both Atlantean and Asgardian, blah, blah, okay. blah. She gets a left bumper assist from War Machine, from Rhodey. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're an idiot. And she's like, but, 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 but your future. He's like, a potential future and one that you're actively trying to stop from happening, right? <laughs> and she's like, well, yeah, but... He's like, okay, well, then get over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Like, true. Being ridiculous. Yeah. So, end of this, they're going to get back together. Okay. But Carol darts back to try to get the vial 
to help herself. Ove stops her and he's like, what the hell is this? No doubt something to try to empower yourself. So he drinks it Uh-oh. out of his arrogance and it cuts him off from magic. Okay. Completely. Cool. So Enchantress takes him away and then Carol goes and talks to Strange and he's like, listen, heads up. <laughs> you kind of committed a huge sin in the magic community. <laughs> he says, you have no idea if depowering him will actually save us from the future you saw, and you've committed a sin against the magical community. I think you should f- steal yourself for those ramifications. Hmm. She's like, sin? says, you've stolen a magician's ability to use magic, Carol, to even feel it. I don't want to be crass in my comparisons, but for a magician, that's like being robbed of a sense. Hmm. So she says, so tricking him into drinking the potion was wrong, but killing him would have been cool. She says, Many in the magical community community will say what you've done is far worse than killing him. Wow. And she's like, are you part of that many? And he closes the door and says, Wanda warns you, darkness clouds this path. And that's the end of the volume. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. Kind of interesting that someone as powerful as Carol yeah. is now kind of crossing over into the magic world. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that I guess that's one way to establish a weakness for someone like Carol. <laughs> like if sure. you're not gonna attack her biology or right. her mind, yeah, then magic is one way to even the playing fields. Mm-hmm. There's a little short at the end where she goes and meets up with Kamala and kind of asks like what keeps you going? Yeah. She's like I'm just having kind of a tough time. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, she wants to talk to Kamala to get like her perspective of like why me? You know, sure. why why Carol Danvers? Yeah. And she's like, "Okay, but I have some errands to run. So let's go." <laughs> Let's talk while we do this. Yeah. They meet a shopkeeper. They meet like an Indian cuisine shop. Mm-hmm. And they meet this person with a free library, a little free library. And Kamala basically just says, okay, so this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> in a fight that you were involved in, Carol, you ended up saving this woman's life. She got a new lease on life and decided to go and open up a shop. So she opened up this little Indian cuisine shop. And the guy that had the little library, he is an ex-convict. And when he came, when he got out of jail, he was given free and cheap food from that little Indian shop. And he was able to get back on his feet. And he found his salvation from reading. And so he opened up this free little library for people around New Jersey to read books. Hmm. And the girl in the bakery that we met, she's the first in her family to go to college. And Mm -hmm. she started learning academics from that free little library. Oh, cool. So she was basically just breaking down this like wave of positivity. Yeah, yeah. Carol has that's awesome just in the smaller community like New Jersey. My favorite type of story to tell, totally. By the oh, way. I know, I know you're all about it. <laughs> me too. Yeah, so that was just a fun little side. She's like, So, did you personally inspire 
all these stories. Not exactly, <laughs> but through your actions and through your heroics, you are, you know, inspiring and bettering generations behind us. <laughs> so that's why I do what I do. And that's yeah. why I chose your name. Blah, blah, blah. Interesting. So it's cool. For four issues, I would have been fine with <laughs> just reading the last issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just give me this breakdown. Like the getting the orb happened in the third issue. And then right. the orb breakdown, giving the juice and then tricking Ove all happened <laughs> in the last issue. And I would have yeah, been fine yeah. with just that. Yeah. Just it. <sighs> For the story, it didn't make sense for her and Strange to hook up. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. doesn't. Man. Also, in Savage Avengers, Electra and Strange hook up. Yeah. You remember that? That's a weirder one to me, but... It's, yeah. it's also weird. Yeah. Also, there's this other thing that I can't get out of my head. <laughs> it was... Uh-huh. Uh, what book was it in? I want to say it's an Unstoppable Wasp. Okay. Janet Van Dyne yeah. tells basically the readers and whoever she's talking to that Carol glows in her sleep <laughs> because of her like cosmic yeah. powers or whatever. She's basically just like a <laughs> nightlight uh-huh. that's only been mentioned once and it's yeah. never been shown <laughs> on in the comics. Yeah. But I want someone who read <laughs> that and remembers it yeah. to get a Captain Marvel book and do it. Yeah. I need just, that to happen. <laughs> Somebody like, hooks she up has with a guy her and then it's just yeah, Rhodey comes just awake over. all night. He just can't go to yeah, he can't yeah. fucking sleep. Yeah. She's like up at five and she's like, Oh, how come you woke up so early? He's like, Did you know that you glowed? <laughs> <laughs> Literally in your sleep. Yeah. I cannot sleep in that same room. I'm sorry. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I think about that almost every time I read the Captain Marvel book. Mm-hmm. Runaways. Runaways. Where did this glow up of Gert come from? Heck yeah. So the last Get it, volume Gert. of Runaways yeah. was this whole like joining the J-team thing. They got inspired by like, what's his name? Like Captain Justice. It doesn't even say Doc Justice. Okay. That's his name. Yeah. His whole thing is he builds up a team and then they have a tragic death. And he's the only survivor, and that's how he keeps relevance sure. with the team. Yeah. So he was planning to do that with the Runaways. They all got inspired and wanted to join on, with the exception of Gert, because she didn't have any powers. She mm-hmm. just has that mental link with Old Lace. Mm-hmm. But Chase also has the link with Old Lace, plus he's got the fire gauntlets. Right. So that's where we kind of left off. It also and it ended with Carolina was supposed to be the sacrifice, and mm. she's been feeling sick lately. Anyway, mm. she's a solar powered being. Yeah, so she's been trying to feel better. She and Nico are a couple. Victor La Mancha and Gert are working on their relationship, but like Victor got so enamored with the whole. Doc Justice J team thing that it kind of drove a wedge between them. Mm. For reference, Chase and Gert were a thing back Mm. when Runaways first started. Right. Yeah. But then at the end of that first run, Gert dies. Mm -hmm. Chase lives and continues on. We're now five years later. Yeah. So Chase is 21. 
and they <laughs> chase went back in time to that climax and saved Gert from dying in that scene. Right. And so we have a 16 year old Gert and 21 year old chase. They cannot be together. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Half your age plus seven rules that one out. <laughs> so there's like the whole reason behind that is, or talking about that is like, there's kind of just the love, but they can't thing going on. And so Gert emotionally arguably is torn between Victor, who she can't have, even though he is a Ultron bot <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and Chase, who's too old. Yeah. Anyway, she decides, Gert decides she needs a change. So she wants to go to school. Mm-hmm. She goes to school. Molly goes to school. Victor decides he's going to go to school. And then the young Gibram, mm-hmm. that's like the elder god oh, that feeds right. on souls. Their, their, their pet, Gib, or whatever. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah, they call him Gib. Yeah. He's like, I want to go to this place of higher learning. Mm-hmm. So enroll me there, too. He immediately gets drafted onto the football team. <laughs> he becomes a football star. Oh, he can change his appearance. He's not green. He doesn't have okay. the giant horns. But okay. he's the same size. So he's sure. still like... Six, seven feet Massive. tall. Yeah. Okay. And all muscle. Okay. So he's a football star and he's loving the adoration. There's a really funny scene when he gets back to where they're staying, the little hostel inside the cave. Cats worship him. Oh. And they bring a rat. Like they each bring a dead rat for <laughs> oh. like his consumption. So sweet. As like tribute. Yeah. And like, there's like a line of cats, <laughs> of like straight cats from the park. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, it's adorable. Anyway, high school shenanigans are happening, your typical high school type stuff. Mm-hmm. Molly looks into joining Krakoa because mm-hmm. she is a mutant. Yes. That's her runaway lineage inheritance yeah. thing. So she's thinking about it. Nico finally tells Carolina about her deal with the mage in the staff of one thing mm-hmm. that evil like elf guy so she doesn't have to bleed to summon the staff of one but she has to offer a piece of her soul to him okay oh sorry it's not a piece of her soul to him it's every time she uses it he gets to put a piece of his soul in her so huh. eventually he's going to take her over okay to get his freedom back right that was a particularly sort of emo time for Nico. And she was like, fine, I don't need my soul. Sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Yeah. So she finally tells Carolina about that. And Carolina's freaking out. But she's also doing with her thing. What else happens? Oh, so where did Gert get this glow up? Yeah. Chase has been disappearing in the nights and coming home during the mornings. Very happy. Hmm. And no one knows why. And then he's been dressing up. And they're like, do you have a date? And he's like, I kind of do. And then walking home from school, Gert and Victor are kind of making up. And they're holding hands. They walk through the park to get to the place. And they stumble upon Chase and a Gert. Oh, like an older Gert. Like, yeah, like a this Gert. Oh, okay. And so we find out 
that this skirt came from the future to try to remove Chase from that timeline. Huh. Because, because five years from now, somehow, oh, Chase the same is going to go evil. She, he did to her. Kind of, she, right? She's doing to him, like, uh-huh. save you uh, And because she's always past. loved, she's always loved Chase. Yeah. And now she's older, and so now they can be together. And so now she wants, she wants to, like, save this Chase. She honestly, she pulls, she pulls a beast all new X-Men on Chase. Yeah, okay. She goes in the past. She wants to remove Chase from the timeline because Chase turns utterly evil in the future. Hmm. And it's like, it's not, it's a gradual thing. There's no like one action that is like, oh, Chase is a bad guy now. It's just kind of like, he turns out of necessity, I guess, mm-hmm. for whatever the situations are. To the point where in the future, he killed Nico. Huh. We only get one page of the future that Gert's from. Yeah. And it's an adult Molly and Gert confronting an older chase and he's like you really want to step to me like don't you remember what i did to nico mm. and or jeez. like nico couldn't even stand up to me like what makes you think you can or something like that yeah jeez yeah so whoa one two when current gert and victor stumble upon them adult gert sees victor and like breaks huh. so something happened with him over yeah. the next five years also like it's it's the kind of pain in her, on her face of like you sacrificed yourself for me or something right you died in some yeah, yeah. you died trying to save me kind of like sure. survivor's guilt yeah type thing so don't know where this is going but yeah. gert and gert talk mm-hmm. and Old Gert tells young Gert about the future a little more openly than she's been talking to Chase about. But she's basically like, I'm not leaving. She got she got here weeks ago. Okay. She's like, I'm not leaving here without you. So she's been working on Chase, basically dating him in secret. Yeah. Because uh, they could finally be together and trying to get him to the point where he's willing to leave with her. Yeah. This is seven issues, by the way. So, like, a lot happens. Yeah, no kidding. I skipped over this other plot about another mutant that shows up and reaches out to Krakoa. Mistaken identity and Pixie and Wolverine show up to try to take Molly. They find out it was a different mutant that did it on the other side of the park. And that mutant has, like, Phantom X illusionary powers. But the more she (laughs) uses them, the more she gets, like, the psychic feedback that makes her feel really bad. Makes her, like, really sick. Sure. So... They're like, on Krakoa, we'll be able to, like, help you with that. Okay. The last thing, while all this shit is going down with the Gertz, the Light Brigade shows up. And the Light Brigade, we've dealt with, we, the Runaways have dealt with previously. And they basically blame Carolina and her parents on the death of their planet. Hmm. Their planet was sold out to the scrolls and scrolls destroyed Magistania or whatever the um, name of their planet was. Sure. Anyway, she reaches out. So Carolina reached out to the light brigade to be like, Hey, I 
didn't remember that there are others in, in the universe like me. Can you help me with my sickness, whatever's going on with me? Sure. So they show up to bring her with them. And all the while, the Gertz are doing this thing. Basically, it ends with a lot of splitting. <laughs> so <laughs> Carolina and Nico, Carolina, when Nico told Carolina about the staff of one, she was like, give me the staff. Yeah, I'm taking it away from you. You can't use it anymore. It's ridiculous. And Nico's like, without my staff, I'm useless. Like, you can't you can't take it away from me. Okay. Anyway, Gert's parents. So Gert knows what's coming. And Gert's parents, who are technically dead, showed up in their time machine in the lobby super quick. And then Nico deals with it. And Gert knows that's going to happen. And so she convinced Molly and young Gert that this is what needs to happen. And so... Old Gert uses the confusion to take Chase away. Okay. To spirit him away into the future. And Molly goes along with it, even though she's super sad about it. And then Carolina is like, okay, I'm going to go with them. They they say their goodbyes. Carolina goes with the light brigade. And at the very end, Nico gives her staff to Carolina. Hmm. She says, take it. Don't bring it back. So we have glowed up adult Gert, who is fine. <laughs> taking chase away we've got carolina going with the light brigade and so the roster of the young avengers now is young gert victor nico without a staff and molly and gib okay technically also old lace we'll start victor mm-hmm. sorry yeah technically old lace also they have a doombot butler <laughs> which is super fun the budding plot line that's on the side is alex Return to life somehow, some way. Okay. Alex Wilder, he was the original traitor in the right. first run. Yeah. He yeah. died in that run. He mm-hmm. got brought back. S- I don't think we've explained why. But anyway, <laughs> he's been following the runaways from the shadows and manipulating shit because he's the manipulator. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the mansion where Doc Justice had the J team. And he shows up and he's like, I want to join the J team. Doc Justice did die. His butler, his Jarvis, is still around. And a previous member of the J-team who was supposed to have died but didn't Hmm. is there. Okay. What Alex is going to do with this, I have no idea. But it ends with Alex in a J-team-like super suit. Huh. And yeah, so a lot happened. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, dude. Interesting. That? Cool. Adult Gert. Yeah. Smoking hot. She is. A lot's happened. <laughs> I'm interested to see where it goes next. Cool. Rainbow Rowell is telling, I don't know how to pronounce her last name <laughs> or his. I don't know. I've never met a kid named Rainbow. Sure. So I just assume it's a woman. A pen name. Yeah. It could be a pen name. That's true. Rowell, R-O-W-E-L-L. Yeah. Was their last name? Roll, yeah. Yeah, they're telling a fun story. Like, it's not epic, but you know how you're talking about one of your things with comics is you need to make me care about the, like, ground-level stuff on top of the cosmic? Mm -hmm. This is a ground-level story that I'm liking. Cool. (laughs) I'm having a good time with. Huh. It looks like that is, as far as Wikipedia knows, her birth name. I mean, I believe it. Yeah. 
It's just weird. <laughs> Nothing against her or her parents. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird one. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That is the four books that I read for this episode. Cool. A handful of things to talk about, but most of it is like big picture takeaways for whatever might happen in the next chapter of Marvel. Of each of these. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it seemed like some of these were really like, especially the Captain Marvel book, like very much about setup. Yeah. Hence the wild's only four issues. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, I guess I'll get started with X-Men, adjectiveless X-Men. Mm-hmm. To start off, we've got an issue where Joseph and Maggot are kind of talking. When they first came across each other, Maggot was like, oh shit, I know you. And Joseph's like, really? Nobody knows me, (laughs) you know, like, and at this point, Joseph still thinks he's Magneto and is like, you know, how can I blah, 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 avoid the mistakes of becoming Magneto and how can I be a good dude, blah, 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 blah. So (laughs) he takes Maggot aside and is like, seriously, tell me everything you know. And Maggot's like kind of conflicted because the person that he met was Magneto, not Joseph. He got them mistaken, but he doesn't want to tell Joseph this for some reason. And then Sabra comes in and attacks Joseph because in a previous issue, Magneto killed the forger who created the Eric Magnus Lencher identity. So Magneto's wanted for murder. Sabra is following up all these leads. She knows about Joseph and so flies to America, attacks Joseph. Maggot's like, no, no, no. I didn't want to say this, but he's not Magneto. And so Sabra and Joseph fly off together to find the real Magneto. I haven't gotten to that storyline being followed up on yet. So You said the forger yeah. created the Eric Magnus Luncher? Yeah. What did he go by before that? What did Magnus? Magneto go by before that? Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't we didn't know because at this point we don't know that his name we, his birth name is Max, is Eisenhart. Max Eisenhart. Yeah. I assume that he went by Max Eisenhart before that. We just just never saw it on, on just, screen. Yeah, never saw it on page. Oh, it, interesting. It, it was never they never came up with it. This is the first time that there was any doubt, you know, just in the last couple issues oh. that his name wasn't actually Eric Lencher. Got it. Yeah. So cool. I've I never known that specific part of the story. Yeah, I never yeah. knew where it came from. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like, I don't know, he just goes by Eric for some reason. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So and I can imagine, you know, as a Holocaust survivor wanting to forge a new identity for yourself. Absolutely. That makes a whole lot of sense. As both a mutant and a Jew. Yes. So a few issues later, there's a sort of a, an issue devoted to giving the backstory on how Maggot met Magneto. And it's actually pretty cool. It kind of tells the whole origin of Maggot. He was a scrawny little kid with serious you know, development and digestive issues. His family was spending all the money that they could make on medicine for him. Nothing was working. Finally, he decides he's going to drive. He's South African. He decides he's going to drive out in the middle of nowhere to kill himself. But his little brother tags along with him. So he's like, 
oh no, this is terrible. And for some reason, Magneto just happens to be popping through, recognizes him as a mutant, uses his Magneto powers to pull the metallic-ish slugs out of his stomach. And he's like, uh-huh. this is your digestive system. They will eat and then they'll return to you. And that's how you'll get nourishment. And, you know, discovers his powers and has the, you know, huge retribution against the apartheid government. But Maggot has a heroic moment where he's like, no, don't kill the oppressor, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that's the story of that. That's cool. Yeah. There is an issue of kind of based around the mansion, or I guess it's the same issue as the Sabra Joseph Maggot story. Everyone's just kind of like hanging around the mansion and it's a New Year's theme. So talking about New Year's resolutions. And I wanted to read everybody's resolutions for you because they were pretty great. (laughs) Hank starts it and he says his resolutions are number one, eat fewer Twinkies. Number two, read more 15th century texts. Number three, cure legacy virus. Cecilia writes, I want to finish my residency and get and get a life going again. Logan says, to be the best there is at what I do as soon as I figure out just what that is. Aw. I know. He's still pretty shaken from, you know, adamantiumlessness. Aurora says, find the wisdom in my leadership, learn from my friends, reestablish my relationship with Mother Earth. And Maggot writes, to do right by my new friends, to become an X-Man, to be free. And Cannonball is not present for this, and Marrow does not participate. Rude. (laughs) I know. Well, so is everything else about her. Yeah. (laughs) There are also some subplots going on that were introduced previously. Some homeless people have been weirdly, like, dissected and murdered in Salem Center, uh, the town near the mansion. And everyone is assuming that it was maggot slugs just from the look of the incisions. There is a plot with the Hellfire Club, and there is some mysterious picture that has been sent to Sebastian Shaw. And there is a mysterious package that was sent to Storm from her uh, village in Kenya, and she is going to have to follow up on that. But those don't go anywhere yet. They're just kind of like reminding you that they're still there. And then we get the 75th, issue 75 sort of big event. And I had this one as a kid. This was one of the last issues that I collected when I was uh, buying comics as a kid. I had the subscription for a few years. So the, the resolution to the maggot and the slugs fake out Wolverine ends up getting captured and dissected, waking up with a giant like scar on his chest. And it so it turns out that it wasn't maggot slugs. After all, it was there's this cairn that just appears on the grounds of the mansion every once in a while that brings in extra dimensional beings called the Ingarai. This storylines happened a few times to this point. And they're like, oh, the Cairn's back. It must be the Ngarai, but it's not. It's a former slave cast of the Ngarai who are called the Rutai. 
And they were inspired by Wolverine the last time he went down there and just absolutely slaughtered all the Angari. So they rose up and took charge, but they also are, you know, ruthless and blah, 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 blah. Long story short, big fight. X-Men win. Get out. But there's one sort of leader or member of the Ingara, of the Rutai who has achieved individuality, who calls himself Pilgrim with two M's, and they get away at the end of it. Pilgrim gets to Earth in a human body in Las Vegas, but he's almost never used again, according to the wiki. So I'll have one story with him in a couple of years, it looks like, but I don't have to worry <laughs> about it for now. I also read an issue of X-Men Unlimited, which is sort of the compilation, you know, side story book. And this was kind of finishing off loose plot threads from Excalibur, Nightcrawler's adopted mother and his girlfriend, Margali and Jemaine Zardos, the two separate people. (laughs) His adopted (laughs) mother is Margali Zardos, and his girlfriend is Jemaine Zardos, aka Amanda Sefton. There was this whole plot where Margali stole the soul sword, which came into Kitty's possession after Ileana died. And Margali used the soul sword to cheat her way to the front of the Winding Way, which is this Highlander-type ladder or tier list for sorcerers. And you want to be at the front to have the most power, and then everyone behind you is always coming after you. So anyway, as part of this, she also swapped bodies with Amanda and then disappeared and then Kurt was like, LOL, whatever. My girlfriend's gone. I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to follow up on it <laughs> <laughs> for quite a while, like 20 issues or something. But they finally decided to do it in this book. So bully on that. So <laughs> Belasco appears to Kurt in a danger room sequence saying that the Zardoses are falling into dark magic. But it's all a plot to use the soul sword for him to use the soul sword for power. And he's taken up position at the front of the winding way. Blah, blah, blah. Big fight. They win. Margali undoes the body swap and kind of makes it seem like she's not evil for now, but retakes her position on the winding way. So we'll see about that. Kurt and Amanda Smooch seen mostly just repairing a plot hole there. Moving along to X-Men and Alpha Flight. I open the page. I'm like, oh, my God, this art is so good. Oh, shit. It's John Cassidy who did Ah. Planetary and the art on Joss Whedon's run of Astonishing X-Men and a bunch of Star Wars, etc. So, yeah, he's one of my favorite artists. That was really exciting. He's yeah, he's an iconic one. Yeah. And this takes place in the 80s after Alpha, after the Alpha Flight title started, but before Mac died, which was a really short window. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the first, you know, 10 issues. And so it's a date night for Kitty and Piotr. They're going on their first date by themselves out in New York City. And they're attacked by a bunch of like tech suits that Mac made which are running autonomously or no, not running autonomously, but they are, they've been sort of subcontracted and sold or stolen by Hydra and Strucker via a mole in department H. They kidnap the X-Men, you know, the X-Men come to save Kitty and, and Hydra and Strucker are teaming up because blah, blah, blah. Mutants think they're superior 
we know that we are the genetically superior ones because we're Nazis, etc. So the X-Men come to save Kitty and Piotr, and they all get kidnapped. Alpha Flight does a really cool sort of like rescue operation, and then there's a big team-up fight. I liked it. It was good. Cool. But there was also, because I get ads in some of these, right? <laughs> and there is an ad for the 1998 Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Awards. Wow. And so I wanted to maybe throw some of these by you. You can only choose from these. <laughs> Who is your favorite movie actress? Alicia Silverstone, Uma Thurman, Christina Ricci, or Beverly D'Angelo? This is the most 1998 list I've ever seen. Um, I guess Alicia Silverstone. Okay. I'd go Christina Ricci. She was my first celebrity crush. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Favorite movie, Men in Black, Liar, Liar, Titanic, <laughs> or Batman and Robin? <laughs> oh, man. What was the first one? Men in Black. Men in Black. Yeah, same. Okay. Yeah. Your favorite musical group, Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, No Doubt, or Hanson? Backstreet Boys. Okay, I'm going No Doubt. Or No way. Doubt, yeah. Tragic Kingdom, yeah, yeah. fantastic album. Okay, favorite singer, Puff Daddy, Will Smith, Mariah Carey, or Celine Dion? <laughs> There's one singer on that. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Will Smith, Puff Daddy, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Spice Girls, Mariah Carey. Spice Girls was in the last one. It's just Puff Daddy, oh, Will Smith, man. Mariah Carey, Celine Dion. I will say, of those, I've listened to the most to Will Smith. Sure. <laughs> so I don't think I have a horse in this race. <laughs> I have zero horse in this race. Yeah. By strictly by count, I guess Will Smith. Yeah. Okay. Favorite TV actress Brandy, Tia and Tamara Mowry, Melissa Joan Hart, <laughs> or Kirstie Alley? <laughs> Do you, Melissa Joan Hart? Yeah. Clarissa explains it all. You can't OG. Mean? OG. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Favorite TV actor. Tim Allen, Marlon and Sean oh, oh, Waynes, oh, oh, oh. Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell, or oh. the J, the T, the T, Jonathan no, Taylor Thomas. No, no. <laughs> Keenan Kel. Keenan Kel. Keenan and Kel. <laughs> All right. Well, now we've got two favorites going at each other because favorite TV show, Keenan and Kel, Sister, Sister, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or Home Improvement? Oh, no. Keen and Kel. Yeah. All right. For sure. Well, I'm, that, I'm sad um, all that's not on me. I, they can't self-deal that deeply, can they? Ready yet? Get set. It's all that. <laughs> all that. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Let's finish this off with some Wolverine, yeah? Sure. So we're at a point in the Wolverine title where there's no steady creative team for the next, like, 50 issues or so. They're just like changing them arc by arc. And my guess is that probably means there's going to be no ongoing storyline, just kind of like random one-offs. So Monster of the Month. Yeah. We get two issues with Bill Sienkiewicz on inks 
which is awesome. You know I'm a fan. Logan, in the first one, Logan busts up a, protect, a neighborhood protection racket run by Roughhouse and Bloodscream. You familiar with them? Roundhouse? Roughhouse. Roughhouse and Bloodscream. Roughhouse is the big, burly dude, brown hair, often a beard, or always a beard, actually, because it covers up, like, disfigurement on his face. And he has some vaguely, like, Asgardian trolley origin that's never really discussed. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like a, a minor recurring Wolverine villain. Mm. And then Bloodscream, they, they often team up together. He was like a 15th century Englishman or something and like sea pirate who turned into a vampire. I think he mostly became a character because he kind of looks like a um, Todd McFarlane design. Like when he's super vampire, he's got like the the long jaw with the needle teeth and stuff. Mm. Uh, and he was kind of created at the same time as, you know, peak, peak McFarlane. Mm. But that's, that's them. He pressed. Yeah. Don't be too excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the next issue. So apparently post heroes were born. Captain America has become like a celebrity stage show and he's like touring the country and Logan is hanging out, you know, kind of like walking by and he notices a, a scent that he doesn't like. And there are these villains who are brand new characters who never appeared before or since called Rascal and the Rodents. And they're trying oh. to kill Captain America backstage with invisibility suits in time for the 11 o'clock news. They team up <laughs> and bust it all up and it spills out into the stage. And it's the classic thing where like the audience thinks that it's part of the show. Yeah, etc. Mm -hmm. So that's all that. And then we get issue number 125. So, you know, going big for the anniversary. Chris Claremont returns as writer. And Leonel Francis Yu is on pencils. He uh, has, you know, been doing most of the art for like the Krakoa era X-Men title with Hickman. So Viper mind controls all of the X-Women plus Tiger Tiger and Jessica Drew as a plot to kill Logan so that he wouldn't have to marry her because they both promised, you know, Seraph, the... Logan ally in Madripoor, she's like two feet tall, old woman, wears a big like ball gown dress, cusses like a sailor and smokes like a chimney. Mm -hmm. No? Okay. She's a great character. Mm -hmm. Anyway. I only know Tiger Tiger for for patches, for patch. Yeah. Well, Seraph is part of the the patch plot too. Anyway. Got it. So once upon a time, Seraph gave her life while in an attack from Sabretooth or something. And as she was dying, made Wolverine promise to marry Viper for whatever reason. And so there's a big sort of plot going on with Hydra and the hand teaming up and Viper is trying to sort of get her way out of this. And so she comes up with apparently this plan to, yeah, Mind control all of the X-Women. So you've got Psylocke, Jean, Kitty, Rogue. I don't think Storm... No, I think Storm might have been part of it also. But they all get mind controlled off-panel by Viper. 
and then they're going after Jubilee as the last as sort of the last one, and she resists, and Kitty also breaks out of it. So they have a team up, and then Black Widow shows up to help out, and they help everyone else break out of the psychic hold. It's like a poison, I guess, or something. And so they, you know, turn the tide on Viper. And, but then Wolvie's like, well, I'm going to marry her anyway. So they have the ceremony. Did you know that they were married? I did not know that he and Viper were married. Okay. It's come up as, I think it's come up as a plot point since then. But this is where it actually happened. <laughs> and so they have the the ceremony and then Right as the the priest finishes the vows, Sabretooth pops in and stabs him, you know, through the chest. Turns out Sabretooth has an adamantium skeleton now. We don't know where it came from yet. And adamantium claws and everything. So the plot with Hydra and the hand teaming up goes through. They're trying to, like, use this, you know, situation with no one in charge of Madripoor to gain control of the island forever, split amongst themselves. Sabretooth captures Kitty. All the other X-Women leave except Kitty. Kitty's like, there's some shit going on and I need to see this through with you. But she gets captured by Sabretooth and they're kind of like teaming up. There's some weird thing where it's like they all got put in some sort of mind swappy corruption thing by Matsuo as part of his leadership of the hand and uh, you know Wolverine <laughs> gets Shadowcat's innocence and Shadowcat gets Sabretooth's like lust for blood and Sabretooth gets Wolverine's honor and then they all learn something today <laughs> and there's also this odd sequence where like Wolverine is doing hits where uh, on like different hand and Hydra, like, you know, dispatches of, of guards and stuff where he's pretending to be different superheroes. As long as he's not spotted, he'll like put on a flamethrower and like burn him up and say flame on, or like he'll imitate the, the Hulk and thing and use like, explosives to emulate like their strength or uh, you know and, and so he he goes through this uses a trash can lid to pretend to be captain america and so he's in some sort of effort to think that to make hydra in the hand think that they're being uh, opposed by a much bigger force than just him and so yeah he ends up like splitting their forces and making it work out and rescuing kitty saving the day and Sabretooth has to leave and wonder what the hell he's going to do, having seen the honor. I don't think that'll stick, but cool. <laughs> the only other two notes from this, there's two weird usage of Kitty's powers, which like, you know, it, it, it's the type of thing that I know you would be really annoyed by. So I had to bring them up. Uh-huh. It's like, if you're going to bring this up now, then you have to always remember that she can do this or, mm-hmm. you know, so... One is she's able to phase and then unstick herself from the Earth's rotation for a second and just, like, effectively teleport, like, miles away. Um, yeah. 
that just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's like, how do you choose to do that sometimes and not all the time and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Whatever. Phase through Earth's gravitational pull. Interesting. Well, just unstick herself from Earth's rotation. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's dumb as hell. And the other is that she feels the density of adamantium when she phases through it. Like it is more taxing on her to go through adamantium mm. than any other matter just because it's so unbelievably dense. And so that's one of the reasons that she ends up getting caught by Sabretooth is she phases through his entire skeleton and gets like too exhausted to keep fighting after that. Hmm. Interesting. That one isn't that one isn't as egregious, honestly. Well, because they sort of ish did that in Astonishing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with giant the bullet. bullet. Yeah. But like, it was like something weird with the metal on that planet. Mm-hmm. That was just that really kept her from, her from getting out. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. That that's Wolverine. That's all I've got material for this week. We'll see what I do for next week because I don't. I don't have, I I ran out of all of my, like, all of my backlog of, like, extra stuff that I'd read. Just because, you know, between the road trip and everything, I I didn't really get much this week. So we'll see. We'll see what I do. I might might read enough in time for our next recording to talk about comics, or I might do something else. I was going to say, we could do... We could each read that history of the Marvel Universe thing and then just like dive into that could be really cool. The history of the of 616. Yeah. I'd be into that. that. Yeah, I could do like a, a short episode on that. Yeah, and then it just Although, I, I've read most of it already. Have, it's pretty yeah. it's very in depth. And it's weird. It's interesting the way that they choose to tell that story. Yeah, I think it's worth talking about. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Cool. Should we ask Carlos if he wants to? Hey, uh, that could be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Okay, then. All right. Well, I was going to say what I have for next week, but next week we've got History of the Marvel Universe. I guess so. (laughs) Sweet. After that, Mm -hmm. I'm excited for the second volume of Strange Academy. Sweet. Yeah. We also have the next book of Korvac in Iron Man. Hmm. They've made they've they bonkers. Okay. Interesting. It's weird that they're using Iron Man to establish some history changing stuff of hmm. non-Iron Man characters. Hmm. So we'll see. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Before I give any more airtime for Nips to troll me. <laughs> no more material. Yeah. Here. Okay. okay. Sounds good back to work. Oh boy. Have a wonderful for you. You too, you get get set. It's all that. <laughs> <laughs>